0: The NHL trade deadline is just over a month away. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Stars beat writer Sam Nestler to talk about some potential trade targets that the Stars could go after here over the next few weeks, what it might look like for them to come to Dallas if they'd stay long term or if they would only be rentals. We talk about all of this and more on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Wednesday, February 1st. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit fanDuel.com slash locked today to get started. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by. making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube or follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Helps out the show and helps it reach new audiences. Hope you guys have been enjoying the content this week. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode with Saad Youssef, I encourage you to check it out. Great conversation about the biggest surprises of the star season up to this point. And then today we're chatting with Sam Nessler about some potential trade targets that the Stars could pursue here in the next month before the NHL trade deadline hits in early March. So without any further hesitation, let's jump into today's conversation with Stars beat writer Sam Nessler. Joining me now on today's show, Sam Nessler, writer covering the Dallas Stars. You can check out his work on his Twitter account. He posts his link to uh, the substack there where he, he talks a lot about the stuff that we are going to be talking about here, which is, of course, trade deadline and it's coming up in about a month the nhl trade deadline we've already seen one big fish go off the board if you will uh Bo horvat the newest member of the new york islanders and i, I mean i feel like that's a, a pretty interesting trade to kick things off and if that's any indication we're in for a pretty wild next month would you say so sam
1: yeah absolutely i i think that it made sense for them once you realized they were going to sign him. But at first, I thought it was a rental, and I had no idea what they were doing. But it's it's still a weird one. So I'm sure we'll be in for some surprises.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of the first big domino to fall. So it feels like we're you know uh, kind of heading in that direction where we're going to see more big names taken off the board, and maybe maybe a few medium sized names as well. Guys that might not be the the showstoppers, but can certainly contribute to a team looking to make a deep run. And that's kind of what we're here to do today present some some guys and some arguments for some players to potentially be moved to Dallas and maybe talk about some pieces whether that's players prospects draft picks that the stars could potentially move on in order to bolster their roster for a playoff run this spring and Sam if you want to get us kicked off and and present your first player that you think could maybe find their way to Dallas
1: yeah absolutely so re- real quick the, the weird thing about their trade deadline is that there, there's no like it's not just like here's what they need here's what they have it's like They're accruing cap space. They kind of need, you know, there's obviously a forward issue. They kind of maybe need a D, but do they need them further than this year? Cause they got a lot of young guys coming up. So it's like a weird place they're in where it's not just like, get this guy, sign him, whatever it is. Um, And we know how nil is with rentals. So you never know. He's not going to put out a ton for for rentals. So for me, I kind of have, I kind of have two groups. I have the, if they were to want to sign someone, or at least someone has one or two years left on their contract past the rental. Uh, so I'll start with those guys. The, the big one is Timo Meyer. That's that's the, the big name now. I think that's the biggest name on the market now at this point, if, if you're looking at, at forwards, uh, but he is 6 million cap hit. So it's, it's expensive, uh, but he's just, I mean, he's got 28 goals already. He scored 35 goals last year. He is a goal scorer. He has been for his career. He probably will be for the rest of his career um so he's a great fit Yeah, uh, he's an rfa after after this season so he's not extended um towards the end of this year uh so that's that's kind of my first one it's a, it's more of an obvious one and but if they could make it work i mean he makes every team better
0: yeah no doubt and obviously i think several teams are going to be contending for timo meyer like you said he scores goals incredibly skilled and talented player and if he if he does make his way to dallas who, who do you think he could best go alongside, or is that something that you've kind of thought about? I mean, clearly you think you'd want him on the top six, but who, who do you think he plays alongside? Because I think we're kind of back to a spot now where Rupe Hintz is going to be playing with Pavelski and Robertson again, and that leaves you know probably Tyler Sagan, maybe Timo Meyer, and who, who do you think that third might could be that plays alongside those two, if that's a pair that Pete DeBoer and the coaching staff want to roll with, if this happens?
1: Yeah, you could, you could throw in, uh, like, Marchment um, on that line. But for me, I actually just wrote about this today. I would love to see Ben and Sagan together again with a solidified winger versus just kind of blending Gurianoff or whoever might be thrown in there. Uh, because we forget, like, those guys had insane chemistry, and both of them are having much better years than last year. So I know that third line with with Ben and Johnston and DeLandria has been good, but if you could put Ben sagan and uh meyer and then have maybe marchman uh johnson delandria or some type of mix below that Um, i think that's worth it just because marchman's had such a hard time he hasn't scored in forever Um, he's maybe hitting that wall he's never played more than 54 games so like he's right around that point so it's really hard to say like all right we get if we do have someone like meyer that's going to just all of a sudden make marchman good uh so it's a tough call but i would say one one of the other i would put sagan with him for sure uh, and then potentially Ben or or Marchment would would be my next pick.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I think that that that's really interesting, and I, I think Sagan and Ben could certainly work well together. We've seen it historically throughout their time here in Dallas, and yeah, it'll be it'd be interesting to see how the coaching staff looks to to shake things up, and can Wyatt Johnston continue to produce the way he is if Jamie Ben's not there. Certainly, a, an intriguing prospect, and uh, I'll I'll go kind of the same route. A guy that maybe is a little bit of a long shot. The cap hit not too much different, the $6.1 million cap hit for this guy who will be a UFA at the end of this season Uh, from the Eastern conference, Dylan Larkin, the the current captain of the Detroit Red Wings. It's an interesting situation because obviously he's similar to Bo Horvat, the the captain of the team um, and, and, you know, a very, very good player for them, but the Red Wings don't really seem to be heading anywhere, you know, long-term this season in terms of the playoff race. The Atlantic is just an absolute gauntlet and, there, there hasn't, from what I've seen, been too much discussion on an extension for Larkin. Although that could come down the line, but I'd be curious to see if Detroit looks to maybe move on from him and try to acquire, you know, with a draft picks, prospects, things like that. I know the Stars don't have a ton uh, in terms of picks at the moment, but I know there's a decent prospect pool. And I feel like the question, you know, then becomes: Are you willing to, you know, sell some some big prospect names in return for a player who's 26 years old? Leading his team in scoring has been an effective player. You know, it just kind of depends on who you ask. But I feel like Meyer might be a little bit more likely. But I feel like Dylan Larkin's a guy who isn't getting as much attention as the deadline approaches, mainly just because I think a lot of people imagine he stays in Detroit. But I I feel like you also just never know. Again, with with how bizarre the the trades can be, and and, you know, Detroit's just in this weird spot where they thought they were going to be competitive this year. They started out that way. And they've regressed a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think in general, Larkin, Meyer, all those guys, anybody that would need to be signed again, I think the way the stars look at it, and probably most teams, Jim Nill would give up some big names for Dylan Larkin or Timo Meyer to be on their team and signed. It's just whether or not they prefer a Dylan Larkin over the prospects that could be ready at that point. That's kind of the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they're planning on signing, or if they sign someone who has or trade for someone who has a year or two left, uh, then I think they'll they'll give up more for it. And I mean, Dylan Larkin is an incredible player. Uh, I don't know that he moves. D- Detroit, like you said, is like they thought they're going to be competitive, but also like he's the face of the team. So if they're still rebuilding and maybe they're a couple of years out, they have a lot of good young players. So I would keep that guy. But you're you're right. They could say, hey, we have we have three years ahead of us. Let's get what we can for it. Um, but I mean, what a great fit. Same as similar player to my to Meyer, I think. Um, speedy, you know, can score goals. So I would love I would love to see that uh, in a Dallas lineup.
0: Yeah, I, I think the only tricky part is he's listed only as a center. I, you might could adjust his game to where he plays wing. But then at that point, it's where do you slot him into the lineup? Because I think center might be the most stable spot on the Stars roster as far as at least forwards go. I, I mean, you have four guys that, that can handle that job and handle that role pretty well. But I, I feel like that's a good problem to have if you add a guy like Larkin.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think Sagan, Sagan's pretty comfortable playing on the wing. And nowadays, especially in divorce system, it's, it is kind of fluent. Like Delandria yeah. played some center, Sagan played some center when they were all, when they were together. So I don't think that would, that would hold him back, but you're right. It's, it would just solidify that group even more.
0: Yeah, yeah. really the, the only thing that I just kind of noticed looking at Detroit's lineup, it's a bunch of guys that play wing and a few centers, and, and then Larkin's one of two listed that is only a center. So j- just an observation, but th- those are kind of some of the, the long shots, if you will, guys that might be highly in demand across the league. But, you know, if the Stars end up getting those guys, great. And if not, you know, you can probably settle for some other guys. Like last season, we saw the Stars make some moves for guys like Vlad Nemestikov Not the biggest name, but a pretty good contributor. So who's up next on your list, Sam? Today's episode of Locked On Stars is brought to you by FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports both fun and easy. Download FanDuel right now so you can bet on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, with a no-sweat first bet where you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. If it's me and I'm placing money on this, I'm saying Travis Kelsey is scoring at least one, if not more, touchdowns for the Kansas City Chiefs on Super Bowl Sunday a couple weeks from now. FanDuel Sportsbook has an app that is both safe and secure and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid with your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the On Stars podcast.
1: Yeah, first I'll say there's there's a bunch of those. I'm not going to get too deep into those that are kind of under the radar. You know, you got Athanasie here. You got Puliarvi if you believe he can still do it. So there's a lot of guys that are very low risk, Um, but to me that's a dangerous game for a team that's already not scoring enough below their their top line. It's like, do you really trust a guy who hasn't scored? more than two goals all year you kind of already have a couple of those so yeah yeah uh, I, I wouldn't risk that even if it's for a low but there is a bunch of those you're right you a perfect example of someone who can help you in the playoffs That's not the big name that's gonna you know break the break the bank open but uh for me another one this one's more realistic uh is max domi domi's a sim- similar guy he scores everywhere he goes um you know there's he hasn't for some, I don't really know why he hasn't stuck around. He's kind of had the, like, the similar, you know, bounce around a little bit here and there um, with teams, but he seems to just score goals. So maybe there's an issue off the ice that, that makes him move teams or maybe something else we don't know about. But he's got 14 goals and 21 assists already in, and, uh, in this season and only 48 games. So he's a much more productive player than what the Stars currently have been putting out on their on their top six. And I think he's only a three million cap hit and it would be a rental most likely. That's where it kind of gets tricky is that, that that's the kind of player who would most likely be a rental. Um, but he would provide a, a lot of scoring for them in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's a guy I had as I, marked down. I had him and Andre's at the as well from Chicago. I think the, the Blackhawks are drawing a lot of attention because of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and, While I imagine those guys could very much be moved, I don't necessarily see them coming to Dallas because their cap hits are, you know, through the roof, even higher than you know a guy like Meyer or Larkin. But yeah, Domi, I mean, only that three million dollar cap hit, twenty-seven years old. I think it's the perfect storm of the cap hit isn't you know out out of the water, like blown out of the water. Twenty-seven, so he he has some veteran experience, and I think could you know mesh well in a locker room that already has some pretty good stability. And then you know you mentioned the the goal scoring. He's not a a guy who's really struggled to score goals. I mean, 14 goals isn't too bad on a on a Chicago Blackhawks team that is at the the bottom of the standings. So I mean, you add that to a top six, and I think that that boosts the offense up a little bit. And see you not too far off. A little bit less production, only 10 goals this season, but same cap hit at three million, 28 years old. So there, there's a little bit of you know the the, the veteran presence there too. I think it's. You know, you want to find a guy that has some some youthfulness left and still has plenty left in the tank, whether it's a rental or long term. But you also don't want to go, you know, to get a guy that is really more beneficial off the ice than on. You, you need a little bit of both. And so I think both of those guys would be good. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I feel like Max Domi has always just been on the move. And I feel like he very well could be again. And I think that was kind of the plan uh, with the Blackhawks going into this season, just with the state that they're in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's kind of like a Taylor hall situation where the guy's good, but for some reason he just doesn't find a spot anywhere. Uh, and I, that's why I think he's a purely a rental. I don't think that this is any, I don't think where he lands is where he stays. Uh, yeah. but yeah, like you, like you said, I think he had scored 28 goals a couple of years ago. So, um, it's, it's, it's that game where you're like, all right, this guy scored this many goals in 2019 and then scored four the next year which one are you getting you know that's it's the that's the game with the trade deadline every year
0: yeah and, and I think you know I, there's a draw to you know coming to Dallas and that you can look at this team and say well the offense is better than it's been in years under Pete DeBoer and you're seeing guys have you know kind of revitalizing their career guys like Jamie Bend and even Sagan as of late playing a little bit better and robertson hence pavelski all still playing at an incredibly high level even with the new coach and so i, I have to imagine that for any player you know getting moved that that's exciting for them because i think i think they could be able to take their game to a new level once they get settled in but the the next player i'll roll with i'll, I'll switch to the defensive side of the ice i know th- there's probably more of a, a commonly held belief that the stars will make a move for a forward and, and i think that makes a ton of sense but I think there's also potential we could see an attempt to to bolster the defensive core a little bit. And next guy I have a defenseman from Vancouver in Luke Shen, who's 33 years old and only has a cap hit of 850 thousand dollars and two goals, 14 assists on the year. I think he could be, you know, a, a decent, you know, producer somewhere in the middle of that defensive lineup if someone were to get injured. Or I know we've kind of you know gone through these stretches where Niels Lundqvist or someone is getting healthy scratched, you know, just due to lack of production or needing to take a few games off. And I think Shen could, could be a guy that, again, has a good amount of mileage in, in his NHL career, but also could come in uh, and provide and be a little bit of a playmaker with those 14 assists. And I, I don't really know who you pair him alongside. I, I think that, you know, you could kind of shuffle it around. I think it, the defensive side of the ice has been a little bit of a revolving door for the Stars, maybe outside of Lindell and Paw, I just feel like they've been playing alongside each other a good amount this season. But I think Luke Shen is certainly a guy that, could get some consideration with him being a free agent at the end of this season and the cap hit, certainly nothing to be too overly concerned about. And you might not have to give up too much in return.
1: Yeah. It's a, you mentioned it's a pretty low risk and that's, that's, that's the key there. And I think, like you said, the forward seems to be just above in the priority list. Um, But let's be honest, if the stars could pick two people right now, they'd pick a top six forward and a top four skilled D because they lost Klingberg and that's exactly what he was. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but they can't afford that. So you're thinking, okay, one of them either they do one big, or they do one a little less big and one small. You know, like like a someone who's in the the eight fifty thousand range that they can easily afford, uh, or not easily <laughs> with their with their cap. Yeah. But <laughs> easier. Um, so I think that's a good fit. The only thing is is what are they looking for in terms of that defender? Because like you said, he's got two goals, fourteen assists. So he's not breaking, you know, blowing the game open. He's not moving the puck um, that that much which is what they could use i think but then you look at all right well then has Paw struggled a little bit defensively could that fix that and maybe you know it's it's a it's a balancing act but um i'll bounce right off the of ears because i have a defender and on my list as well like i said i don't think they do both uh, and i definitely don't think they do a big defender which is what i have but i just wanted to put it on there because it would it would fit really well and that's uh, shane goss's from arizona uh he's been I feel like he's similar. He's always seems to be on the trade the trade list every year. Uh he had a super couple bad years after he was like all that in Philly his first couple of years. Uh but this year he's been better. Uh he was he had fifteen goals and thirty-seven assists last year. So big big year last year. This year he's got uh nine goals and twenty assists already. So he's producing. Um, he's a four point five million cap hit. So again that that's where it's troubling is that he they would have to decide on a lower end forward and, and get him if they wanted to do it that way. Uh, but I think the D is kind of the underrated part here where everyone's going to be looking at which forward do they get and they could just sneak in and grab a pretty solid defender
0: as well. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you've got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays about a month ago, and I know my goal, as well as many others, is to eat healthier this year. And if you're like me and want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then you've got to try Built Bars. With Built Bars, they actually make healthy and tasty a reality together. They are so delicious, you won't think that they're good for you, but they're actually the perfect food for your New Year's resolution. What makes the Built Bar taste so good? Well, for starters, they're covered and 100% real chocolate. And they also come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond, just to name a few. And if you go to Walmart or Sam's Club, you can buy your own at the store today. You can also order your own box at built.com. Get a 13-bar box with many of the hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. Be sure to give Built Bar a try today at built.com or your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Yeah, I I, I had Goss despair and both Jacob Chikrin also listed as well as potential targets. I know he's been in trade talks really since the offseason, uh, and he's playing pretty well with the Coyotes, but I think both those guys could be on the move. And we know that Dallas and Arizona have a, a pretty recent history with trades with the the Scott Wedgwood deal last season. I, I think the only, and it's not really a fear, but the only thing that comes to my mind with Arizona is just where they are as an organization they're gonna they're gonna want draft picks and they're gonna want prospects because they're they're building up and the stars you know with that Niels Lundquist trade don't have their first round pick I think they gave up this year's third round pick in that trade for Wedgwood which now I think the Blackhawks own that pick so the the picks front could make things a little bit tricky I I think with these you know some of these these bottom teams that with with a a draft as loaded as this one uh, I think that that's something to consider and you also maybe don't want to give up a a or you know, you, even a player like Maverick Bork, I think that's something that will be considered by the front office of, you know, the risk and reward of giving up the fa- pieces of the farm for players that could make an impact, you know, immediately or maybe even be around long term.
1: Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. I think that unless it's some perfect Eric Carlson keeping half his salary, you know, crazy fit where the guy's going to be a really big player for them for a while, Stan Coven, Johnston, Bork those guys aren't going anywhere. And I would even go as far to say Grushnikov and Harley and some of those other guys as well. Um, they just believe so much and they've had so much success with their, their draft picks lately that I don't think they would risk losing one of those guys unless it's some massive deal that gets them a, a you know, all-star level player. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely mm-hmm. agree with you.
0: Definitely. And it's interesting. You mentioned Thomas Harley. Uh, we can come back to, to a few more trade targets potentially in a minute but just curious to, to hear what you think about his game he's having a good year with the texas stars uh, i believe he's been selected to the the ahl all-star game and having a very productive season do you think we see him at all at the nhl level this year i know obviously you, you have the people that want to see him over some other current players on the nhl roster it's easier said than done but uh, i mean do you think we see him at all this year i know there was a little bit of that expectation during training camp that he might make that jump fully to the nhl but we haven't seen it yet do you think there's that possibility at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. It's just it's tough because then you'd have to figure out who who moves. Uh, they're not going to take Suter out of the lineup. Sorry. And announcing that to everyone <laughs> now, as long as he's on the Dallas Stars, he will be in the lineup. Uh, so, you, you know, you look at, OK, does, does do we put where do we put Hanley? What do we do? Is Neal's ready? Because uh, Harley's having having a good year. But I think it's because of what they did. They they made him focus all on defense for like 25 games didn't put him on the power play or anything like that. He got his defensive game up to where they wanted it. And now he's getting rewarded with some more power play and he's playing really well. So it's almost like, unless we think he could really come in and help us. And so far he has not done that in the NHL. He hasn't been good in the NHL when he's played uh, for most of his stretches. So unless it's like a big time, we really feel it. I almost think they just trust the process and ride it out for the full season here.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to follow along with that. Cause yeah. Like you said, he, he's getting better as the year goes on and getting rewarded with more responsibility. And, and maybe that will just come to fruition next season when the, the roster looks a little bit different and there might be a spot for him. But uh, yeah, the defensive core, very, very interesting with the stars. And I know Ryan Suter, always a, a hot topic of discussion if you're scrolling through Twitter during games. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I I'd never see him coming out of the lineup. And uh, you know you got to take the the good moments and celebrate those when they happen. And Maybe, maybe look away when there's when there's the bad moments because they are they are bound to happen with a, a guy that's you know a little bit older but you know he's doing what he can and thankfully we have some other defensive players who can pick up the slack and kind of we, we can go one or two more guys each for us and the last guy i have listed as a potential trade target uh, another maybe low risk guy not the biggest numbers but also playing again on, on a, a lower team in Arizona Nick Ritchie 27 year old left wing only 2.5 million dollar cap hit nine goals through 47 games again not the biggest numbers but I think you always have to consider that if a a player is making a jump from a a team that's tanking for a number one pick to moving to you know a team that's top of the conference that there could be you know an adjustment in numbers and again I think there's that nice mixture of a cap hit that you can work with a decent amount of experience in their career but also some production with 12 assists as well maybe not the answer and I don't think that this you know if this is the only move the stars make I think it could be an underwhelming deadline but with other players that get taken by other teams things that the stars can't control a guy like Richie might be one of the few options that the team has
1: yeah well first of all as Gary Bettman said nobody tanks (laughs) (laughs) which is not true, but yeah, you're you're right. And uh, Richie, I believe I don't remember exactly, but I think he had a really good playoff year for someone. I don't know if it was Toronto or someone uh, one year where he scored a scored a bunch of goals in like a, a two round series or two rounds of the playoffs. But uh, yeah, you're right, and he's he's pr- proven it uh, a little bit. He the stars have the connection with Richie since they had his brother Brett uh, here for you know a few years, uh, more than a few years, and they drafted mm-hmm. Brett Richie um so it could work yeah but you're right ex- ex- that's another one of those like at an F and a cu where it, that would be perfect to solidify you know a bottom six most likely um but then you wonder okay you solidified your your bottom six who are you thinking is going to be that top six and that's that's the big question um it would be great if one of those guys would just be that you know if dennis garyanov would just be himself from a few years ago or if Marchman could find his way back to what he was earlier this year then it's like okay problem solved let's get a depth guy and we're good Uh, but that's a good one I like that because the connection is always huge it's way bigger than people think if you have a connection with a team an agent a player whatever you know divorce connections with some of the Sharks guys that goes a really long way
0: yeah for sure and and, I mean at the end of the day that's sometimes what can make or break a big deal is those connections and I think there's benefits to having guys like Pete DeBoer who's been around for so long and played for several different or coached for several different teams rather. And, you know, even players like Joe Pavelski who spent years in San Jose or, you know, Luke Glenn all those years in Detroit. It, you never know when things like that can factor into the decisions that get made. Uh, you, do you have any other guys on the list? Maybe one, one more guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I just sure. realized that one thing I was thinking about is with Timo Myers. Pete DeBoer talks about Timo Meyer a lot. <laughs> he mentions him <laughs> as an example all the time for developing as the young player. So uh, yeah. just something to keep in mind that, uh, that could, that could be a, a benefit, but yeah, for me, I kind of have, I kind of have two guys that are very similar um, with uh, another shark, Kevin LeBanc, Kevin LeBanc. I don't know how you say his name. Uh, I think it's Kevin LeBanc, but he's uh, a similar player to, to Meyer in the sense of he's going to be a skilled winger. Um, he can, he can slot in. He's, He's proven that he is most likely a top six guy. Um, he's got one year left on his deal. So that's that's where that kind of comes into, into question there. But he's got 10 goals and 15 assists already. Uh, he had 39 assists a couple years ago. So he's a playmaker. He would help Sagan out a lot. Um, he's a 4.7. So he's a, a good amount less than, than Meyer, if that was the, the kind of big issue there. Um, and then the other guys that are, that are similar to that is the Travis Konechny and uh, Ivan Barbashev. Uh Barbashev is always a question because you don't know whether or not the the division teams are going to, you know, trade. Like people mentioned Tarasenko or Ryan O'Reilly, and you're like, I don't see the Blues dealing someone big to a team they might play in, in a right, playoff if right. they were to make it. Um, so, but those are just other guys that very, all of those guys are kind of in that similar boat to me where it would really help the team. They're not super expensive. You know, you're not, you're not figuring out a way to toss out an 8 million cap hit or anything like that. Um, they would should bring plenty of offense right away, uh, so I'd be really excited to see any of those guys. I mean, any of the the top kind of four that we listed there would really, really significantly help the team. And then you got a couple guys that would be good additions. Uh, but it's going to be so interesting to see what what uh, what Neil is able to figure out because he's he's very sneaky. He ha- always has been, uh, so he surprises us all the time. I mean, who <laughs> thought that they were going to pick up Wedgwood? and how big yeah. that was going to be for them, you know, so he does those moves a lot, which is why I never, I, you, mean you talk about this. We never knock anyone out, you know, besides maybe Eric Carlson, everybody's on the table for, for a stars team, as long as they have, uh, you know, the will to want to want to win. And it, it feels like they really, really think they have a chance to win this season.
0: De- definitely. I, I think that that is the, the belief in the organization and especially in the locker room. And I think you can, even just tell by Joe Pavelski re-signing for one more season after this. I mean, I don't think you stick around and continue to play as, you know, as many years as he has in the league. I mean, I think you only stick around if you think that the, the room that you're playing with and those guys have a chance to do something special. So I think, yeah, like you said, you never really know what Jim Neal going to do. He's shown very recently that he's a, a very capable GM. I mean, he can draft, he can negotiate and get those, the, the deals redone for guys like hints and, uh, Hayskinen, and I think even down the line, I think Ottinger and Robertson are, are due for some pretty significant, you know, upgrades in pay. And you, you threw out Travis Konechny's name, and I, I think that that's a an easier said than done deal. But I mean, if you had a guy like him, I think he'd be getting talked about a lot more if he was on a team that wasn't the Flyers. 24 goals, 25 assists in 45 games. I mean, he's over a point per game as a player. I, I mean, that would just be outstanding. I think he's a guy that could play on a top line for most teams, but the Stars would you know, be getting them probably on a second line playing that wing position with Tyler Sagan. And I think those two could definitely, uh, wreak some havoc.
1: Yeah. And he, he actually plays a similar game, not, not too similar to Stankoven, but he's very gets in the corners. He digs pucks out he's a little bit gritty, uh, which is exactly why Marchmont and Fox and those guys have been put on Sagan's line is because they feel they need, he needs someone like that to dig the puck out and find him, you know, an open spot. So I think it's just a perfect fit. It is a de- decent sized cap hit, and he does have a year left. So there's a lot of complications, but uh, that name, once I started looking a little deeper into him, that really kind of stuck up because he's got, he's basically scored 20 goals every year in his career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good player. Very, I think underrated again, just because of the team he plays on and the, and the kind of season that Philadelphia is having not at the the top of many news story headlines in terms of making a push for the playoffs in that Metro division, but again, Jim Neal tends to surprise a lot of people with the moves he makes. And I have no doubt that, you know, in a month or so from now, we could be having conversations about, man, Jim Neal's done it again. And they have, you know, player X or player X and Y, and that they're geared up. The stars are for a potential deep run. And th- this is kind of that exciting time of year where the teams are separated and we have the, the contenders, the teams that are locked for the playoffs. And it's just a matter of how deep they'll go. And the other teams that are going to be selling, looking towards the future and, the pieces that they're willing to to part ways with
1: yeah and i just you just mentioned that teams are separating themselves how nice is it that we're not talking about the stars are one point out of the playoffs or the stars are one point in the bubble or what it's just yeah it's just nice to be in a to have them in a spot looking at what can make us better versus what do we need to get that eighth spot and make the playoffs
0: yeah and that's that's what it was last year that's exactly where we were last year it was are we even going to make the playoffs and you know, now it's almost like I think this team, as they are, could already go pretty deep. But the idea of them getting better is very exciting.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a different deadline when you're looking at how can we get past that Western Conference final Stanley Cup versus how can we get to the first round and maybe through it? It's just a different yeah. feeling.
0: Yeah. And, and now it's really, you know, how can we get through the Western Conference? Of course, there's its own obstacles there. But man, whoever whoever's on the other side of that matchup in the finals out east is Oh, Boston, Carolina. That's a that that's gonna be very, very difficult. But I mean, if the stars make the right moves, I think they can compete with just about anybody.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to watch the I'm I don't usually watch super closely the Eastern Conference playoffs, but this year I'm watching every series because Same. those <laughs> yes. games are gonna be crazy. You're gonna have like multiple recent Stanley Cup champions playing each other in the first round and second round.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, teams like Tampa, Toronto. I, I know Toronto gets a lot of slack, but I mean they're a good team this year and They always lose in the first round, but they're always competitive first round series. So regardless of if they win or not, it it should be a good five, six, seven games. But yeah, the Eastern Conference is going to be good. I I think the West will be entertaining too. Maybe not as as thrilling uh, of some offensive games, but again, it depends on what other teams move, what other moves that teams make. But Sam, thank you so much for joining today. If you want to take a moment, I know, uh, try to give you guys an opportunity to come on to let the people know where they can find you on social media, where they can find your work if they're not already aware of where they can find all that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned earlier, my, my most of my stuff's on, on my Substack, which I believe is just samnestler.substack.com or just go through my Twitter at Sam Nessler. It has all my information on there. But thanks for having me, man. This is always a good time. So I appreciate it.